the Lennon-McCartney years, Lennon slash McCartney. It was almost as though there were, there were one thing. Even then, you suggest there was there was tension. McCartney, I think you said, represented loss of control to Lennon, and Lennon sort of represented bossiness or something to McCartney. Yeah, well, there was tension from the beginning. I mean, to go back to this meeting scene, John remembered several times, it, it was a really poignant moment for him and really stood out, that when he saw Paul, he immediately recognized that here was a guy who was a better musician than him, and bringing him into the band would make the band better, would make him a better musician, but it also would mean that his undisputed role as the front man would be threatened. And he decided to take that risk, but that sense of you know who's in control and the importance of it to both men in their own way never dissipated. John really needed for people to think of him as the boss and when he decided to act forcefully he wanted everyone to listen. Paul's more kind of classic guy slightly in the shadows who, who didn't mind John having that perception of himself as the boss so long as things were going the way Paul thought they should go. And for a a lot of years, that worked just fine for them. Came to a head in a really ugly way around the breakup. And even then, I think the inherent beauty and depth of connection between them would have persisted were it not for a perfect storm, a cataclysm that wasn't fundamentally musical or even temperamental or relational, but had to do with these business crises that they had gotten themselves involved in in a series of, of mistakes and misunderstandings. And even then, I think that the two of them were intensely aware of each other. I think it's, it's a huge mistake to read Lennon's life in the 70s without acknowledging and understanding that he was intensely aware of Paul the entire time and and vice versa. Do you hear it in their music? I mean, are there are there songs that you can think of that each wrote separately, perhaps with the other in mind? Yeah, I mean, John was sort of famously the sort of bluesy, risky one, but Paul wrote the Helter Skelter. <laughs> Paul record these really raucous vocal parts and he would insist on doing it alone and not in harmony. You don't need to be a, a Freudian to see that this was an element of his competition coming out. John also wrote, in addition to his a lot of you know very weird, very associative stuff, wrote a lot of very beautiful ballads. Yeah, but it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because the thing that we all remember is the is the revolution that is John. But I wasn't aware until I read it in your piece that McCartney was the one who was actually out with a tape recorder doing loops of sound and odd things that maybe didn't get onto the albums, but that may have fed John's creativity. Yeah, I mean, I think that their relationship is sort of, you know, one would dart ahead, the other would race to catch up, they would circle each other. This detail is a great one because John is remembered as the bizarre one and the risky one and the avant-garde one, when in fact, when they stopped living together, John moved to the equivalent of 
Westchester County for the New Yorkers. He moved to the suburbs. He moved where the bankers and stockbrokers lived. Paul was in was downtown. He was right around the corner from the studio, and he was out every night. John was home. John was a really introverted guy, fundamentally, and often said that he was just scared by people. He needed a big impetus to go out. He really needed to rouse himself. He also was literally dropping LSD every day for a number of years and just sitting and watching television, uh, occasionally writing music, whereas Paul would go from the studio and head out, and he'd be out all night in what was you know, one of the most interesting artistic environments in history, London in the 60s. And he's the one who, as you say, first experimented with experimental sounds and tape loops, and he did actually bring it and became the, the sound for, if I'm not mistaken, Tomorrow Never Knows. 